0: jump into the Word. How many of you got your Bible this morning? I want you to turn to two passages. Now I'm going to look at some other passages before we get to these, but you turn to Revelation 21 and John 14. Revelation 21 and John 14. We're continuing to talk. Now this has been one of the longer series that I have done. Uh, In fact, it it wasn't meant to be this long, but when I got into Ephesians 6, pardon me, Ephesians 1, it grew. We're talking about being blessed, learning to live beneath the banner of God's blessing now quickly let me kind of build the foundation we looked at Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter one when God created the heavens and the earth he created Adam and then he looked at Adam was what Adam was lonely everybody say he's lonely he was lonely so God created him and uh, helped me Eve. And when God created them the Bible says in Genesis 1, he created them and the first thing he does, the first thing. How many of you know the you, How many of you know the first thing God does once he creates Adam and Eve? How many of you know the first thing? Everybody say the first thing he does, he blesses them. That's the first thing. And then he begins to tell them that they have authority and dominion and all these blessings are theirs. You see, it's the nature of God to want to bless us. They were living beneath the banner of God's blessing in their life. They were living in the perfect world. But how many of you know uh, in the perfect world, you have to obey the voice and the command of God. And they disobeyed the voice and command of God and they were moved out from under the banner of God's blessing. And from that day until now, God has been working and planning and conspiring together to get humanity, that's me and you, back under the banner of God's blessing. We looked in Deuteronomy 28, and I don't have time to turn there, but I would encourage you to read these. It defines the multifaceted blessings of God in our life. And in fact, it says... They will chase us down, uh, and the kind of the little footnote to all those promises of the blessing is you 've got to hear the voice of God and begin to diligently obey the voice of god i 'm convinced that the reason we are not blessed not only financially but in many ways spiritually in, in many areas of our lives as a nation or, or, or as a family is because we 're not really endeavoring to obey the voice of God in our life and so deuteronomy twenty eight is big, and so this is what Kind of the, the thought that I've been kind of getting across to us. It's normal as a child of God to live beneath the banner of God's blessing. It's called our inheritance. How many of you appreciate an inheritance? You know, uh, God wants to uh, bless us. It's His nature. And then we look in Ephesians chapter 1 and we've, and really the first 14 verses, uh, and verse 3 is really the keynote verse. Of these fourteen, it says, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has, who has blessed us. Everybody say he has blessed us. He has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. Now that's important for us today as you'll, you'll see in a few moments because how many of you know the temporal blessings of God have no benefit to us in light of eternity? Amen. And so Paul begins to talk about spiritual blessings. And, and we've been looking at some of them from these 14 verses. Here they are quickly. We talked about the blessing of adoption. How many of you know we've been adopted into the family of God? You ought to embrace that. The blessing of grace, his unmerited favor. It's in Ephesians 1. Uh, And and he talks about it as being overwhelming and and indescribable in a sense. And then the blessing of redemption. We've been redeemed. Everybody say, I have been redeemed. And then we talked last week about the blessing of revelation. Revelation how God uncovered some things for us. And really, it's the message of the gospel. The gospel, the plan of God unfolded. We're living in the age of God's big reveal, where he has revealed this plan that he put into place to get humanity back under the banner of God's blessing, to get us back right with God. He put a plan together. And if we'll follow the plan, we can be born again. And ultimately, as we'll talk about in just a moment, move completely back under beneath the banner of God's blessing. Today we're going to talk about the blessing of heaven. How many of you know heaven is real? Amen. I'm excited to talk about heaven today. It got me fired up. In fact, didn't know Jim was playing the bass today. And as church was about to begin, I had him cornered. I was preaching to him before I got, and finally they said, come on, Jim, you got to come play the bass. I was preaching to him about heaven already. I'm pretty jazzed about it. Uh, and, and my, and my heart is, is, is overjoyed about the word of God and the promise of heaven. And then next week we conclude this, we conclude this Ephesians passage by Talking about the blessing of his spirit, which is found. In fact, we'll look at it briefly in just a few moments. But we thank God for the blessing of heaven. Amen. In fact, let's jump in. You saw the passage of scripture. It's okay, Ike. Ephesians chapter 1. You don't really need to turn there. Uh, let me show you this passage. It says this that in the dispensation of the fullness of time, stop and look at me or, or, or stop reading on the screen. You know what that means? When, when, when time is no more. How many of you know eternity doesn't have a time clock? When God's plan is completed, when, when God's process on planet earth is fulfilled in the dispensation of the fullness of times, He might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth in Him. He's talking about a time when time is over. And he gathers us together. In fact, this, my friend, understand is the final piece or the final portion of our kingdom inheritance. And that is eternity with Christ. And embracing the reality of eternity is so important for us in order to really move into the, under the banner of God's blessing for our life. Now, look down a little. In fact, I'm not there, so I need to go there. Go to Ephesians. Well, I told you not to, so let me go there. Ephesians chapter 1. You can go if you want. I'm not trying to keep you from getting there, but I don't want you to miss your other two passages. Ephesians chapter 1, where he says, hey, in him we have obtained an inheritance. Verse 11 after verse 10. He's talking about our eternal inheritance with Christ. And then he begins to talk about the Holy Spirit. And he says the Holy Spirit is the down payment of our inheritance. It's just the down payment. And then verse 14, in speaking about the Holy Spirit, he says, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. Now, catch this. Put it all in context. I know I'm I'm, I'm blowing uh, uh, and going this morning. But he's talking about there will come an end of time. When he gathers us together and that which he has redeemed... We'll be brought together with him. We'll all come together. And in fact, have you ever purchased anything that they says, well, you got to come back and get it tomorrow. You bought a car. They got to do something to it. You purchased it, but then you come back later and redeem it. You get it. It becomes officially yours. You paid for it, but you take possession of it. There's coming a day when Jesus will return and take possession of of us. We are his possession. Amen. We belong to God. Now that he's talking about the blessing of heaven and the blessing of eternity. Now, are you ready for a tweetable moment? And I've already tweeted this, so you could take a picture of it and and retweet it if you want, if you're a Twitter fan. But hey, here's your tweetable moment this morning. To embrace the magnitude of living beneath the banner of God's blessing, we must embrace the magnitude of eternity and catch this, and the finality of planet Earth. Now, here's a whole different thought about that that most of us don't think about. You know, we think about, you know, heaven is a wonderful place filled with glory and grace. I'm going to see my Savior's face. Heaven is a wonderful place. I'm going to go there. Heaven is a wonderful place. We think of heaven. I'm going to heaven one day. But here's the reality. To get you in right thought As we'll try to do this morning, you've got to also embrace the magnitude of the finality of planet Earth. In fact, could I tell you what? We live, this Earth is terminal. Planet Earth is terminal. That ought to spark you to begin to think about eternity. Because it won't just keep on going and going and going. In fact, real quickly, let me turn over to to uh, let's see what Peter said about eternity. Catch this, Second Peter chapter ten. Let me show you that. Ch- pardon me, Second Peter chapter three verse ten. But the day of the Lord will come as a thief in the night, in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Earth is terminal. And to fully get un- beneath the banner of God's blessing and realize and get, get the reality of heaven moving in your heart, you've got to realize that planet earth is terminal. That it's going to melt with a fervent heat. And this is what Peter was talking about, the same thing that, uh, that, that uh, Paul was talking about in Ephesians chapter 1. Life on planet earth is terminal. There's coming the finality of days, the the day of the Lord. And he goes on to say, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be in holiness, holy conduct, and godliness? In other words, because planet earth is terminal and we have an eternal perspective, we we understand uh, that eternity is real beyond this world, it ought to change the way we live life on planet earth. We ought to live as if eternity mattered. Are you with me? He goes on to say, Looking for and hastening the coming of the day of the Lord, because of which the heavens will be dissolved, being on fire, and the elements will melt with a fervent heat. Nevertheless, we, according to His promise, somebody say amen, look for the new heavens and the new earth in which righteousness dwells. To see, the cool part about the, the the terminal earth that we live in is that there will be a new heaven and a new earth in which righteousness dwells. Does that help a little bit? And so, hey, to embrace the magnitude of living beneath the banner of God's blessing, we must also embrace the magnitude of eternity and the finality of planet earth. You see, when God's redemptive plan is complete, when the, as he said, the dispensation of the fullness of time comes, he will gather us together. Everybody say, gather us together. In fact, some theologians though this book, this word is not in the Bible, they call it the rapture of the church. The catching away. In fact, even though we we're, we're short on time, let me quickly go to 1st Thessalonians. I think yeah, the the 1st Thessalonians says this in chapter 4 verse 15. It says this. Uh, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the Lord will by no means precede those who are asleep or have died in Christ before us. For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel. Now I'm reading to you our final redemption moment. When God's plan is complete on planet earth, when the dispensation of the fullness of times come, it says, For the Lord himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of the archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with him in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Hello. And thus we shall always be with the Lord. Therefore, comfort one another with these words. Somebody say amen. So eternity is real. In order to be able to really embrace the the benefit of living beneath the banner of the magnitude of living beneath the banner of God's blessing, we must embrace the magnitude of eternity and the finality of planet earth. We live in a terminal world. Oh, and, and, and Peter's descriptive of its demise could happen in a moment. We live in uncertain times unless we know Christ. But the joy is there will be a new heaven and a new earth. Amen. Now, are you ready for some interesting, exciting insights about eternity? Turn to Revelation 21. Let me show you three quickly. In fact, Revelation 21, there's a lot here. In fact, you really, I'm just reading a lot of passages to kind of get you stirred this morning. But Revelation 21 and 22 are the last two chapters of the Bible. Uh, in fact, the last, verse, last two verses of the Bible, Jesus says this, He who testifies to these things says, Surely I come quickly. Amen. Even so come, Lord Jesus. Everybody say, Even so come, Lord Jesus you know, if we're ready, we're ready. But look what Revelation 21 says. Now I saw, now let me back up. What did Peter say was going to happen? Our earth was going to melt with a fervent heat, but God was going to do what? He's going to give us a new heaven and a new earth. Look what he says. Now I saw a new heaven and a what? New earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had what? passed away. Also there was no more sea. Then I John saw the holy city new Jerusalem coming down out of heaven and by the way if you hear anything you like here you can say amen or hallelujah or whatever. He he saw this vision Of our of our future redemption. He saw this vision of the new heaven and the new earth coming down from heaven, prepared as a bride, adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people, and God himself will be with them and be their God. And oh I love this part. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne. Said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are faithful, are true and faithful. And he said to me, It is done. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. I will give of the fountain of the water of life freely to him who thirsts. He who overcomes shall inherit all things. And I will be his God, and he shall be my son. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. Now, quickly, and there's so much here, but let me just give you three wonderful, eternal perspectives about eternity that we see in these these few verses that i read to you about the new jerusalem the new heaven and the new earth the first one is we got to talk about it it's the politics of heaven the politics of heaven oh yeah there's governance in heaven and if there's governance in heaven there has to be politics And here's the politics. You want to know the politics of heaven? And you and I have got to, hey, and and we've got to begin to embrace this even now. Here's the politics of heaven. Verse 3, it says, and God himself will be them, and he will be their God. In other words, he's in charge. You know, there was a person in heaven who tried to undermine the politics of heaven. His name was Lucifer. He was a worship leader in heaven, and if we had time, we could go back and read the passage of Scripture where he he tried to undermine the governance of God in heaven, and as a result, he was banished from, from heaven, and he became the devil. And he's now here uh, 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 endeavoring to steal, kill, and destroy, and the reason he is is because he tried to undermine the politics of heaven, and the politics of heaven are this, that, hey, God is on his throne, and he is in charge. And we are His children. And we are His His created loved ones. In fact, when you study heaven a little bit in Revelations 4, 1, the throne is the focal point of heaven. He is the focal point. In fact, my Bible tells me in revelation 1115 the kingdoms of this world here's the prophetic insight to the future redemption of God and the and the destruction of this planet earth and the creation of the new heaven and the new earth it says this the kingdoms of this world have become the kingdoms of our Lord and of his Christ and he shall reign forever and ever amen in fact Paul said this in Philippians chapter 2, verse 9. He said, every knee will bow and every tongue confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So we've got to understand, if we're going to get to heaven, we've got to embrace the politics of heaven. And where do we do that? In the here and now. Because every knee will bow and every tongue will confess that he is Lord to the glory of God the Father. But it does not mean every knee that bows and every tongue that confesses in that day goes to heaven. We've got to get that settled before we stand before him. Are you with me? Say amen. He's got to be in charge. The next thing I see about heaven in Revelation 21, I love it. It's the pleasure of heaven. You know, this world at its very best is riddled with sorrow and heartache. There are days of happiness and joy. But how many of you know we live in a flawed world? We live in a world that brings heartache and trauma and trouble. It's a sin-filled world. It's a world that is out from under the banner of God's blessing. But on that final day, when we inherit this final reward of eternity with Christ in heaven, the Bible says it will be a place where God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. Come on now. If the truth were known today, many of you late into the night, Cry yourself to sleep over heartbreaks and heartaches that this life has brought you. But in eternity, when we reap our final inheritance, when the dispensation of the fullness of times come, God will wipe away every tear from our eye. There'll be no more sorrow. There'll be more, no more pain, no more death, no more heartache. For the former things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Somebody say amen. That's our final reward. And then the third thing I see here in Revelation 21 is not only... In fact, I haven't read these verses yet. Let me show you. It's the purity of heaven. Heaven is a place of great purity. In fact, if you look in verse 18 and verse 21, it talks about the gold in heaven. How many of you know there's going to be gold in heaven? But it's going to be so pure that it's translucent like glass. He says the streets were like glass why because heaven is pure there's no imperfection in heaven and the walls uh, the some of the gates are like glass they're like uh, they're just they're just so pure and right but that's not the coolest part the coolest part is found in verse 27 it says this but there shall be by no means enter in anything that defiles or causes an abomination or a lie but only those who are written in the lamb's book of life The purity of heaven. No trouble with sin anymore. Somebody say amen. No heartache. No temptation. No trial. No trouble. We're back under the banner for all eternity. Amen. Oh, and there's a much more. You just can keep reading. But let me show you. I love John 14. Turn to John 14. Now, let me set this up for you. In John 14, Jesus is in the upper room with his disciples. They've had the Lord's Supper, if what we call the Lord's Supper. Jesus has washed their feet. He's mere hours away from crucifixion. Get the picture. And he's spending his last hours with those that are closest to him and those who he will entrust to proclaim this plan of God for the redemption of all humanity. And he begins to tell them that he's going to leave them. Now they begin to get nervous in a hurry. Because they have yet to understand this revelation, this insight, this understanding that he had to die for them and that he had to be buried and rise again and then ascend to the right hand of the Father. They just couldn't quite catch it. They just couldn't quite get a grip on it. And he would share with them. And now it's his last hour and he begins to say, I'm going and you cannot follow me. And Peter begins to ask him, man, where are you going? And 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 why can't we go? And they're all getting nervous. How many of you know you and I would be the same way he's been our Lord and and Savior and now he's talking about leaving us man we've we've got fish and bread man life is good miracles are happening man they're thinking of kingdom on earth not the way but not the way God's thinking and he begins to tell them some important things in John 14 because of their concerns he says this let not your heart be troubled you know why he said that their hearts were troubled Now, listen, in light of eternity, whatever trouble we go through, we ought to embrace this right here. Hey, in light of eternity, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. Catch this, verse 2. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for who? For you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again. There it is. I will come again and receive you to myself that where I am, there you may be also. And where I go, you know, in the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we do not know the way where you're going and how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. Let me give you three thoughts. Some eternal perspectives that Jesus gave his disciples. The first one is the promise of heaven. He promised them something. How many of you know God never breaks a promise? There's always conditions to the promise, but God never breaks a promise. But He looks at His disciples. Listen, He looks them right in the eye. I can just see that they're worried. They're, they're fearful. They, they do not understand. He's leaving us. Yes, I'm leaving you, but let me tell you where I'm going. I'm going to my Father's house, and I'm going to be thinking about you. I'm preparing a place for you. Could I tell you right now that Jesus Christ is in heaven, and He's preparing a place for us? It's the promise of heaven. And he promised them, Not only am I preparing a place for you, but I'm coming back, and I will receive you to myself, that where I am, there you may be also. I'm coming back to redeem my purchased possession. Amen. Amen. In fact, if you if you lump all these verses that I've been sharing with you, and and he he begins to tell them this in a little bit, I'm going to send the Holy Spirit to you. and, And what did Paul say? It's the down payment. It's the guarantee until I come and get you again. You see, the fact that we have the Holy Spirit in us is, God, is our down payment for our eternal security in heaven with Christ. And so he gives us a great promise. Let not your heart be troubled. Tell somebody around you, uh, don't be troubled. He's coming again. That's really true. And so it's the promise of heaven. And as a response to their insecurity about eternity and Him leaving them, He says, Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house are many mansions. If it weren't so, I would have told you, I go to prepare a place for you. Amen. And then He said, If I go, I'm going to come again. What a great promise. Amen. Number two. I see not only the promise of heaven, but I see the reality of a pilgrimage of heaven. Now catch me this. Stay with me. He says, in my father's house. Everyone say house. Now, he's not talking about a building necessarily. He's talking about, in fact, it's a very familiar, familial term. It's a family term. In my father's home. How many of you know, Our house and our home, you ever ever leave, you go on vacation, right? You enjoy your vacation, but at the end, what are you saying? Man, I can't wait to get home. Understand something about eternity. This world is not our home. In fact, the scripture says in many places we're just pilgrims passing through on a journey into eternity. Everybody say, this world is not my home. He said, I'm going home and I'm going to prepare a place for you at home. Because why? That's where your real home is. It's with me in heaven. Are you with me? In fact, did you know, you can read this in in Hebrews 11, the faith chapter. It says, those who've gone before the forefathers of our faith, they died in faith having not received the promises. But it says they, they confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. That's a whole different way of thinking. Now, listen to me. This is where I got excited. I, we've got to embrace this in our hearts because we think so temporal. We're so temporal minded. We're so earthly minded. We're trying to figure out how to get it all here and, and just get it all fixed here on planet Earth. Planet Earth is terminal. We've got to embrace the reality. Hey, we're on a journey. In fact, Paul, pardon me, Peter said this in First Peter chapter 2. He said, I beseech you as strangers and pilgrims, as sojourners and pilgrims, abstain from fleshly lusts which wage war against the soul. In other words, hey, you got to understand something. We're on our way to eternity with Christ. We don't need to pollute the journey with all this junk of this world. We need to shake off this world and start preparing ourselves for eternity with Him. In fact, I love the old hymns. In fact, Jim and I, that's where we got excited. We're talking about the old hymns. One old hymn says, This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door. And I can't feel at home in this world anymore. You see, we've got to begin to think about life from a bigger, more eternal perspective. And yeah, we have good times. And yes, there's some bad times in this earth, but we've got to realize that we've got to become more heavenly minded and realize this is temporal. We're on our way into eternity. Heaven is my home. And number three, what I see here in John. Oh, and this is the important part. It's the pathway of heaven. Tom said, Lord, we don't know the way where you're going, and we don't know where you're going. How can we know the way? I could just see the quiver in his lip. You know, when you're when you realize you're going to be apart from someone for a long time. I can just see the quiver in his lip. How are we going to know the way? You're fixing to leave. You've got to tell us how to get there. He said, I'm the way. I'm the truth and I'm the life. No man comes to the Father. Nobody can make it home except through me. That's the pathway to heaven. Everybody's not going to heaven. Mark it down. Only those who choose to go to heaven. How do you choose to go to heaven? Well, my Bible tells me in Romans chapter 10, verse 9, if we confess with our mouth, Jesus says, Lord, there's the politics. Believe in our heart. That's the faith we have to have. That God raised Him from the dead, that He died for us, and He was buried and He rose again. We've got to believe in the in the plan, the pathway He paid for us so we could be His children. For by grace you're saved through faith. That's not of yourself. It's a gift of God. He said, if we confess with our mouth, Romans 10, 9, believe in our heart that God raised Him from the dead, we shall be saved. That's the path. You can't be good enough to get to heaven, can you? It's by His mercy and grace. Now as we close today, just stir your hearts towards eternity. I'm going to read one more passage. In fact, if you'd like to join me in this passage, it's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. And as you're turning there, let me ask you this question. Where will you spend eternity? Listen, your time on planet earth, however precious, it may be, is the shortest amount of time you will ever live anywhere. Now, catch this understanding. Your time spent on planet earth, and oh, we all think, you know, in fact, the other day, you know, I'm, I'm 57, right? 57. I got to thinking, unless I just really make it to old, I'm way past half over. I could be two-thirds done. My life is temporal. It's terminal. Yours is temporal. It's terminal on planet Earth. Some of us last a little longer than others. In fact, catch this. 2 Corinthians chapter 5. This is where we got to come to, folks. For we know that if our earthly house, that's our body, this tent, everybody say tent. How many of you know that's temporary? Anybody here get up in your tent this morning and make breakfast? Go to the other part of your tent and get dressed? Nobody here lives in a tent, right? Why? It's just too temporary it's too confining our life and our bodies on planet earth are temporary he said we know that if our earthly house this tent is destroyed now follow me we know everybody say we know this is what you've got to know If you want to move back under the banner of God's blessing, we know that we have a building from God. What did Jesus say? I'm going to prepare a place for you. This world is not your home. I'm building your home. He said, we have a building from God, a house not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation which is from heaven. You see Paul was hungry for heaven. If indeed having been clothed we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent groan being burdened. Not because we want to be clothed but further clothed. That mortality may be swallowed up by life. Now catch this. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God He prepared you for heaven and He's also here He goes again giving us the spirit as a guarantee so we're always confident why? because we're created for heaven we're always confident knowing that while we're at home in the body we're absent for the Lord for we walk by faith and not by sight We are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present for the Lord. Therefore, we make it our aim, catch this, whether present or absent, to be well-pleasing to Him. I know the hour is noon, but eternity is for eternity. And I want us to stand together as we come to the apex of this moment of opportunity. Before we pray and leave this place and go have fun with family and friends I want to ask you a question with every head bowed and every eye closed as we stand together do you know where you're going to spend eternity because planet earth is terminal it's the shortest amount of time we'll ever spend any, anywhere it's important for us to examine ourselves as Paul said to see if we're in the faith so with every head bowed and every eye closed I'm going to ask you a very very simple question if you're here today and you're not confident in your eternity with Christ and you want to make sure that you're on your way to heaven this morning lift your hand wherever you are I just want to know for sure that I'm on my way to heaven christ lives in my heart anyone here i'm just not sure i've been i've been kind of living right trying to do this and that right but i just need to know that i know that i know that i belong to him anyone here i'm not going to embarrass you but i will pray for you in fact even if i did embarrass you what price would it be worth for you to know that when you walked out of this room you'd be on your way to heaven from beaumont texas anybody here lift your hands and pray for me pastor Finally, today, if you're here and you need an open eye, in fact, your eyes begun to open about eternity. And, and in fact, if we had time, we could we could we could validate once we embrace eternity, we've got to let go of some things in this life. That's what Peter was saying when he said, "Hey, you're sojourners, you're pilgrims; therefore, abstain." There's some things you and I need to let go of today because of eternity see this world is not our home but it will it can become a noose around our neck rather than a temporary abode and some of us here today are so tangled up in the things of this world that we've lost sight of our final destination and if that's you today i'm going to pray a prayer together and we're going to pray to a prayer together that God would give us a more eternal understanding, and we'd embrace the reality of eternity and the reality of the the fact that Earth is terminal. Father, today I thank you for heaven. I thank you for eternity. Lord, I thank you for this Earth, but I know this Earth is temporary. It's terminal. Lord, help me get my eyes off this world and get them on you. Help me to embrace eternity the way Paul did where he said to live is Christ but to die is gain. That he groans. Something on the inside longs to be with Christ. Lord, let that be our perspective today. In fact, let's pray this prayer together before we leave this place. Everyone together say, Dear Lord Jesus, Thank you for the promise of heaven. I embrace that today in my life. Thank you that you're preparing a place for me at home with you in heaven. I turn my eyes toward you. I turn them off of this world. Off the things of this world. And I turn my focus toward you. And I thank you, Lord Jesus. And I have faith today that I have a home in heaven. In Jesus' name. And everybody said amen. Let's give the Lord of glory a great big God. Bless you. Let him know we love him today. Thank you, Jesus. I want you this week to ponder heaven. I want you to ponder eternity. I want you to ponder the the fact that earth is terminal. It'll change the way you think about it. It'll change the way you make decisions in life. And you say, Pastor, when's it going to happen? If I knew that, I could write a book and make a million. Only God knows. In fact, I'm not sure in kind of some way Jesus even knows. He, he, in fact, on earth, he said, I don't know. It's up to my father. But one day, and I believe one day soon, Jesus will look to his, pardon me, God will look to Jesus, his son, and say, today's the day when earth is no more. Go get your bride. This could be the dawning of that grand and glorious day. We got to live as, Though eternity matters and heaven matters. Change the way we live our life. It's not about this life. It's about that life. Come on, everybody say it. It's not about this life. It's it's about that life. That's our home. Amen. Well, today, before you leave, if you need prayer for anything else, our prayer team will be here. Come on, prayer team. Just slip out across here. If you missed the prayer opportunity uh, er, early in the worship service, they'll be here. Also, if you believe God is adding into the church like Hunter and and like Mike, is it Mike? Michael did. uh, If you believe God is adding into Church on the Rock North, you come this way. Don't go that way. And just say, hey, I believe I'm home. In fact, really all you have to do is do this. You just say, "I got the divine okie dokie. I'm home, and they'll they'll take care of the rest." We'd love to have you be a part of our family. In fact, we're just praying that God would lead you here. Uh, we don't know His will, but hey, if you if you feel that, if you feel the tugging of God and the and the peace of God on the inside that says you're home, don't wait, don't procrastinate. This can be your temporary home till you get to that home. Maybe it's uh, called the family of God. So you do that. Don't forget, Beverly. Did you give the ushers? The ushers have all the little things you can bring next Sunday and the Sunday after that and uh, even Wednesday. Uh, the, all the things you can put. Hey, if it's just pencils. Little orphan boys and girls are going to take those pencils and do their homework. If it's a, If it's sheets, The little orphan babies will sleep on the sheets that your little babies sleep on. Everybody, do something. Think about this, Stacy. Some little orphan baby, little boy, little girl, they gonna play out in the courtyard at Christian Ministries in Africa, wearing ties, little clothes. that. Wow. We're making a difference in the world. Amen. Well, we're going to go out with a shout. I got all worked up over pencils. Amen. We're going to shout, this world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. Can you do that? Here we go, count with me. One, two, three. This world is not my home. I'm just a passing through. God bless you. We'll see you Wednesday night right here at Church on the Rock North. Amen.